We are celebrating the release of Great White's new album, Full Circle. And taking it full circle, Mark Kendall, my special guest, founding member. And before we talk about the new album, want to go digging in the past, like the very beginning, like your very beginning, like your first day of existence. You were born just a couple exits from where we are now in Loma Linda, California. I was born in Loma Linda, and that's only because my mother was staying with my grandma, and she lived in like the Colton area. Uh-huh. And so she was staying with her because my dad was working like, you know, full time and everything. And he went to San Francisco a lot and stuff like that. So he wasn't going to be able to be there on the fly when, you know, I came rolling. Loma Linda was kind of the closest hospital or whatever. That's the reason I was. But I lived in the suburbs of L.A. We actually lived in L.A. for a couple of years and then moved inland to like West Covina, Huntington Beach, you know, El Monte kind of moved around so yeah, yeah that's what i was going to ask you because you grew up in orange county right i actually grew up in um west covina which west is covina. Right down the road yeah okay um until i was about 11 my parents actually broke up for like six months and got back together and i lived at my grandma's in in colton then we moved to el Monte for like three years and then i lived in uh huntington beach for about three years and moved out when i was 17 playing in cover bands nice. <laughs> i was gonna ask you too i mean just because you're such a tall man and and being in school and stuff I, i'd imagine like the basketball coach or the baseball coach is grabbing you and saying come here this way son and and trying to recruit you did you have any any and, sort of athletic career? and i was following him because uh, i played baseball from eight until i was 18 oh wow my dad was like my coach every year and i was a pitcher but when i was 18 my arm was I was almost 18 my arm was hurting after three innings mm. and there was like you know at least two guys on my own team that hit more home runs and ran faster through harder right you know so your numbers have to be like insane and then you don't have to make it right you know plus right. I loved music so much and I play I wouldn't even leave my guitar even when I went to the store I'd walk down the street like the goofy kid with the acoustic <laughs> you know and so I, I literally had a hard time even leaving my guitar and how old were you when you got your first guitar um, actually nine um, I got you know the crummy um, ten dollar acoustic my dad I think he just wanted to see if I was something I was gonna stick with yeah you know and I had like never put it down I was like going to neighbors learning chords who guys that knew how to play and the reason I even got the guitar was because this band practiced in a garage across the street mm-hmm. I used to watch him through the side window I saw the bass player play with his teeth and I went running home saying, I got to have a guitar. I got I just got to, you know. Actually, the reason why the band is called Great White. Mark Kendall, you're the Great White, right? Well, my singer um, at the time, Jack Russell, when I would go into a solo, because I'm like the whitest guy in the world, you know, <laughs> he used to say, Kendall, the Great White, you know, like when I do a solo. So we th- when we met, who became our manager and A&R guy who worked at uh, Enigma, which is an independent label that signed Motley Crue. Right. When we met him, um, he gave us his card, and I didn't know, but he had seen us two other times in past, but Dawkins talked him into seeing us a third time. He goes, you're missing it. On that night, we played uh, No Doctor by Humble Pie on the Encore. 
and he goes, oh, okay, I can, I can make this work. Well, after that show, we parted ways. We went to see him the next day. But after that show, he was standing out in front of this place, uh, the whiskey. I rolled by in a car, stuck my head out the window and screamed something into the crowd. And the guy next to him points at the car and said, there goes Great White. <laughs> and he just said something clicked in his head. He goes, this Dante Fox thing is out of here. And that's what he said the next day. He goes, I, lo I love the band. You know, I, I can definitely make this work, but I hate your name. We're going, oh, no, we got to name the band again. I hate it. He goes, no, we got, I got it. Great White. And we're going, yuck. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> we hadn't put the shark thing together yet. Right. We're thinking uh, the Prejudice Band, you know, Great White, I'm the Great Black or whatever. <laughs> so once we um, had the, because Jack used to go shark fishing and I went with him. And, you know, we're going, the shark, dude. Shark T-shirts. That the name doesn't have to mean a lot. I mean, we can play anything we want. It's okay. It's not like, you know, the Killers. You figure they got to play straight ahead metal. Yeah, or you Metallica. Know. You so have to play metal. our name didn't dictate to our music, and we like that too, except for it's kind of cool image. So then we love the name. Rock me one of the all time greatest solos ever. And was that one that you just sat down and, and it came out in one take, or was that one that, that took a while? It took a little while. It, it usually takes a while if you don't have anything, you know. So I usually am lazy in that way. I just uh, go <laughs> the fly until, I, until it gets right. Sometimes my fingers get in flames, but, you know, I'm pretty good with melody. Like when I hear chord changes or. You know, I, I can feel what, what to do. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was a good solo. And the record company immediately, when they heard that song, um, you know, said, this is what we're going with, no matter what you say, type thing. And the thing I was in most fear of was the length of the song, considering we weren't really established. I mean, we had a moderate hit with Face Today, but on our own with no label but not nationally like we weren't, you know, like a Phil Collins where we got 18 other hits. So right. everything's going to work no matter what. Right. I'm going, this song is over seven minutes. You know, this is crazy. So Niven, our manager, who later became Guns N' Roses manager, he goes, don't worry about it. I got this handled. So what does he do? He sends Rock Me to, you know, all these radio stations across the country and puts 359 on it <laughs> and in fact the whole album it said 359 so before people figured it out the song was a huge song you know we'd done a video we're on mtv which they wouldn't accept seven right um michael had even said uh michael already told me that madonna could not get seven minutes <laughs> you know and she was huge that's how strict and, it was uh, so we tried every edit known to man and nothing was sounding natural so we went in and re-recorded the whole song oh wow and literally made a five minute version which uh turned out okay we had to cut a half make a half verse and stuff like that but finally they didn't cut the solo because usually when you edit a song there that, goes the solo. no you, you can't every time you can't take the solo i know that well song. that's what niven said he goes we can't take the solo we got to figure something else out so you mentioned videos and I had Warrant in here last week and I started kind of doing the math and went, they had Bobby Brown first before Cherry Pie in their videos with Once Bitten, Twice Shy. And was that just an open casting call or? I think it was uh, just an open casting call. I think she had just come to L.A. looking to be a model and this and that. 
There was another gal named Tracy Martinson. She was really, really cute, too. And, um, you know, normally if we do a video, well, after that video, they because they were right with us, that we got to be there, but normally when they have the girls uh, shooting, they don't have the band there. They right, right. Another it's in another scene, yeah. To, just to eliminate time. And yeah, she kind of broke through on that and then did re- very well, you know, like you said, in the, the cherry pie. And Was she also on the album cover too? Yes. She's one of the bodies uh, well, on the... she's one of the bodies on Twice Shy. Right. And on the bed. Right. Yeah. That's her... Uh, behind <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy man and and even speaking of uh warrant didn't janie sing a couple shows for you guys he did um when jack kind of um was going through his stuff we had a couple different singers um janie had done about 10 shows did great he, he uh he just listened to great white nothing but great white for like two weeks in his car and everywhere he went and uh he was really prepared and professional and one show in sweden was uh paul shortino saying but at the end of the day uh we really didn't want someone that was just going to be a clone so we kept going back to terry because uh, he came in on the fly after he was doing a concert the same day with um, XYZ, and that day he's learning the songs on the plane. He came and just nailed it. Um, he, we just liked him. I liked the way his voice sounded with my guitar and stuff like that. Once bitten, twice shy. That's a pretty big story on its own. <laughs> Izzy Stradlin from Guns N' Roses came to Niven, our manager, with that song. Because we, the previous album was called Once Bitten. Right. So the obvious follow-up's Twice Shy. Did you guys know that ahead of time or no? No. No, this, that's what I mean. We'd already, we were already in the studio recording. And he came with this song. Niven loved it. We thought it was okay. We didn't never thought it was going to be a single or whatever. And once again, the record company just flipped out. and goes, it's the greatest song ever. Uh, in Niven's words, we had no idea it was going to take on a life of its own, you know. You never do. I mean, you sometimes it's an obvious to us it's a great song, but we you don't know what's going to happen if everybody's going to think the way you do. That, don't, that doesn't have to happen, but that song really did take a life of its own. Um, you know, I think it was number one for like four weeks on MTV, it just went on and on and on for like seven months. I mean, you know, you don't figure to have a single go seven months. I mean, it was crazy. I love that song because it, it, it builds. It starts off simple, adds an instrument as the song builds up, and then it builds yeah. into the big chorus. And that, that's one thing that I love about it. It's Good kinda... drum arrangement. And yeah, it, and the other thing is it was never a big hit. That's kind of ironic. Usually you want to be halfway there and get something that was big before. Right. <laughs> you know, but this was a, a very um, moderate hit in the U.K. only. Like, uh, so people really believed it was our song and we did kind of make it our own we didn't even sing the correct lyrics right on the original version it says i'm 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 once bitten twice shy we're going my 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 (laughs) (laughs) a killer album with full circle here and and an appropriate album title with going back and hooking up again once again with michael wagner the producer right yeah because he did our very first ep and now you're working with him again and making magic again once again with michael wagner it's pretty cool yeah which also kind of happened by accident it was just a chance meeting on a monsters of rock cruise 
I was just looking forward just to seeing him again. Mm-hmm. And we kind of said our goodbyes after talking for a minute. And when I walked away, I hear this voice say, we should do something again. And I'm like, really? That'd be amazing type thing, you know. And uh, before we knew it, we were in Nashville recording with him. It was it was a great experience. Yeah, imagine imagine working with a guy like that that's got such an extensive resume over the years. Has yeah. collected lots of toys, which I'm sure is fun for you to play with. All his different toys and different guitars and effects oh. and pedals and... Sure. I mean, I think he had like 68 guitars, you know, and like you said, a big resume where back in the beginning, the only thing he had uh, under his belt was Accept, which, you know, they had the the big song ball to the wall and right. everything. And they were from Germany. And he I think he did a demo record for Dokken. Right. Um, apart from that. Um, not much, you know, because it was at the beginning, he just came to America. Since then, all these years later, now he has Ozzy, Alice Cooper, you know, I mean, if you see his discography, it's just ridiculous, ridiculous you know, 98 million records <laughs> sold, and it, it was it was a lot of fun working with him. I can imagine, and you know, I think we need to, to uh, heap some praise on Michael Lardy. I feel like he's kind of like the unsung hero of the band. I kind of feel like he can produce, he can write riffs, he plays keyboard, like he produces, kind of brag about what he brings to Great White. Yeah, uh, quite a bit. Actually, he on our very first EP, he wasn't in the band yet, but he, he was a second engineer to Michael Wagner in the studio. You know, when we did our first album, when we got signed by EMI, we found out he could sing. And we go, hey, you want to sing some background vocals on the record? And he's like, yeah, sure, you know. So he did some backgrounds. And then on the first album, oh, that was the first album he did the backgrounds. Um, on the second album... We go, man, we could really use keyboards on this part. And he goes, I play keyboards, you know. And so we thought, okay, now we're going to go play live. It might be cool to have the keyboards. Maybe we can put you behind the curtain type thing. And right. he goes, hey, not only do I play keyboards, I play rhythm guitar too. And I'm going, <laughs> okay, that'd be great. Because then when I go into solos, we'll have that backing w with the guitar and stuff. And he played behind the curtain. And then he moved out onto the stage on a riser. And before we knew it, girls were asking about him. <laughs> and, you know, so we, we came to him and we said, hey, uh, you know, like you're in the band now, right? You know, he's like, cool, man. You know, so he definitely earned his uh, fin, if you will. Wanted to ask you about four specific songs on the new album. And uh, let's start with the album opener, I'm All Right. Kind of a, a check-in on, on everything, it feels like. I'm All Right was kind of like a hodgepodge of everybody's ideas. Audie had this riff, and it had two parts to the intro. And then Terry came back, and well, what if you did this with this this part? And so I came back, I, I agreed with his idea, you know, it was just a group effort in the sense of this guy has a riff, and I kind of helped assemble it all together. When we went to Wagner, we weren't as prepared as he is used to. <laughs> so we had most of the music and the arrangements, but not all the lyrics. So we had to uh, kind of write the lyrics while we were there. And after we started getting further along and he was hearing it back, he was, okay, you know, but this isn't the way I do it, you know. <laughs> you know, bands usually know what they're doing when they come here. This is the life. Again, with uh, our drummer shows up, you know. <laughs> he gets together with our bass player, Scotty, and 
is humming riffs because he doesn't play guitar at all. Then a two-part kind of riff, which I changed into one part, and that was a drummer riff. He's very much, uh, Audie is very much a heavy metal, kill your appearance kind of guy. You know what I mean? Perfect. So he really likes real heavy music. So that riff was the start of a, a little bit of a, you know, a more hard, harder rock riff, and I loved it. And, you know, it has the big chorus and everything. So a lot of times if someone comes up with one idea, that's kind of the whole song will stem from that, uh-huh. you know, just from working together so long. It was about, I love that riff. I want to work on that. You know what I mean? And then, you know, we all kind of get together in a room. You know, we're real old school in that way. We don't like email each other our parts <laughs> or, you know, right. email or, you know, text our ideas. We, we have to get together in a room. That's what creates the sound you know so what's that sound effect in the beginning almost sounds like a hubcap well we were at lunch every day wagner was what what's for lunch you know so we we'd go to you know japanese chinese uh, you know just wherever and at lunch i was hearing this intro and i said i want some kind of like atmospheric sound you know to where it's like air or something just to where you know like a movie you know they just have a kind of a sound and then something that starts slow and goes fast my little grandson Noah he's four you know he's just starting to mess with the guitar a little bit and he always simulates pick slides but he's never put a pick <laughs> in his hand and done one right. so I go how about if we try Noah to, to do a pick slide right down the middle of that and, and then we'll just come in and he had it together in 15 minutes after lunch and we got Noah in there and he did the big pick slide through the middle nice. so the, give it up it's kind of funky kind of kind of yeah. unexpected kind of a different gear talk about that tune well you know all bands need to have a stripper song on there you know <laughs> <laughs> you know i listen to some r&b and things like that and i like uh big riffs like that that um can lend itself i mean where i came up with come and get some was a friend of mine he's like a world champion pool player cool and you know he's won the world championships u.s opens i mean the guy runs like three and four hundred balls and, and and all this stuff so i'm going to play him because he wants me to play real great players because i play pretty good pool one of the things he said that kind of stuck with me he goes get some you know what i mean and i go that's badass i'm gonna steal that you know so we're gonna give it up give it up get some you know give it up baby all night long it's kind of like Mr. Bone Innocence, where that kind of took off with the uh, girls that like to hang on to poles and stuff, you know. Big time, man. Not to quote your own song, but did you ever think you would take it this far? I mean, looking back now and, and going, wow, I'm still putting out albums in 2017? Um, actually, no, but, <laughs> you know, it, it's the dream of every teenager. You know, you want to tour, you want to make records, and, and it, it's just your dream. We used to pretend like we were playing the forum in living rooms. I mean, right. forum, good night. You know what I mean? I mean, it, after we'd see like a Nugent concert or something. So you, you just dream it. You never figure, you know, like what was Zeppelin around seven years? I mean, you, you don't figure to be here 30 years later. But I, I think a lot of that reason is we're still creative. We're, we're not an oldies band. We're not a greatest hits band. We continue to make albums. Even if they don't sell three million or something, it's it's good for our energy to 
be creative. Yeah. I've made the analogy, it's like, or example, that it'd be like a painter, you know, traveling the world with the same painting every year. I might have a slew of great paintings that he did like 30 years ago, and he might, like us, with us, we're grateful for all the songs we have. Right. I mean, it's not like, you know, we hate our career or anything, but we need to keep it going for us to be excited to eliminate any risk of us going through the motions. Damn, bro. Made it through the entire interview. Well, if you've tolerated me for this long, might as well tolerate me on social media as well. On Instagram and Facebook, you'll find me at Radioactive Mike Z. On Twitter and on Snapchat, MikeZ967. Until next time, man, keep those horns high in the sky. I'll catch you later. Adios. See ya. Bye-bye.